Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about total party kills. How to do well. <laughs> or not do them at all. Whatever. Yes. So I think anybody who's listened to me or this podcast for any length of time knows that I really haven't been involved in too many party kills as a GM or as a player. In fact, the first time I've ever been involved in a total party kill was as was as a player was this summer. We played uh, third edition Gamma World. Gamma World, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was third edition. Straight straight third edition, just the way Gary Gygax or whoever invented it. It wasn't Gary Gygax. Well, it was TSR. And it was at, actually, I don't even know where it was in the, in the adventure. It was, a, it was a module from the book. And our friend Philip was running it. He... Not he, but we all died. All the characters died in this interesting battle. I mean, it wasn't like an epic battle. It was a tough one, and we were the loser of the battle. <laughs> I, was, I was the first one to die, and I'm like thinking, you guys should get the hell out of here because that thing just took me down pretty quick. But they were giving it to college try, and they failed. <laughs> Which got me thinking about total party kills in this instance because I'm not really... Okay, so because I have such lack of experience, and I don't think I have I have a skewed ver, vi, uh, version view view of total party kills. I've always thought they were negative. They were negative for a number of reasons. I mean, it could be a number of reasons why I thought they were negative. I thought the GM was usually vindictive when they did it. I hardly ever blamed the players because I always thought the GM was totally in control of the game. I mean, this is like when I was really younger. Or first playing role playing games, and it's for and it's true. I mean, back then the GM had a lot of control over the game. Just to be clear, the GM still has a lot of control over right. the game. Right, but okay, you're right. The perception might just be different these days. And there's a perception that the GM shouldn't have so much iron grip control over the game, right? That the players should have some say in at least their what their characters' impact on the game is, right? Narrative control. That I totally agree. That didn't exist when I was younger, and probably didn't. Ex- I mean, for me and my group, and that doesn't exist until maybe I would say the last few years that I'm one new games have been coming out, and two, I become aware of it and I've thought about it and how and I think how it could be a positive impact on the on the game at the table and have positive impact on everybody's fun. Instead of me being dictatorial. You're talking about narrative control and not total party kills right now, right, right? Right, Okay, just checking. Yes. When I look at, when I hear about total party kills, I always, to me, when I was younger, uh, within, was it, before 10 years ago, total party kills was always like, how could the GM do that to him? And the GM did do it to him, right? It was this guy called. It's all his fault. It was guy, uh, uh, Philip was telling me about Randy, how he would kill the whole party in, in almost every game, right? Okay, Randy might subscribe to chaos theory. Okay, I'm just saying. I haven't seen him in years, but I recall. Yes, and, and yeah, Randy was a very chaotic player, and he was a kind of a chaotic guy. I mean, well, life. I got to tell you, some of the guys that Saul played with, not his core group that he played with, like Felipe and Jim and Philip and those people, Mike. Were, and Mike, but some of their other friends that they that I've the met, peripheral, like Esteban. Yeah, he was a just wake me up when the fighting begins kind of guy. Right, and some of the other guys were just let's just kill them all yeah. and take as much stuff as we can. Yes, now I've met these people before, 
there's that kind of style, right? Correct. So I could see him being a, okay, you've played long enough. You're dead. Well, I mean, he would kill you in the game. But but when you're the GM, you can do anything. Blue Dragon goes by. Okay. Make your saving throw. Oh, you died. Look, you died. Oh, it's a negative negative 20 roll to your saving throw because he's an ancient red dragon or ancient blue dragon. And you have to get a 62 to succeed. (laughs) No way you can do that much. So to me, because of that, because of those stories, uh, specifically about Randy, but other people would do them too. Other people would have. Oh yeah, stories. I've heard stories about total party kills all the time. Right, and and I've when I've heard GMs talk about it, be they older or younger, I've heard them say things like, "Well, yeah, they deserved it," <laughs> things like that. So okay, so I, I could see the GM say that about the player. Yeah, I could see. <laughs> Saul's perspective on that one when I've heard that. So, and that has been my my opinion for quite a long time. I mean, since I was, I started playing '78 when I was uh, 11. So I probably formed that opinion about a good three years after that, and for the for 20, 30 years after that, that's been my opinion. And only lately have I even entertained the idea that a total party kill could be okay. Or in a certain instances. So to me, I've come out with this theory of the, the total party kill either being good, bad, or ugly. So That's a reference to a movie for people who haven't seen it. I'm sure a lot of people know what reference that is. So you've talked about the bad, right? Well, I'm going to ta- just re- reiterate the bad, right? So to me, the GM, this is the bad. The GM uh, was thinking, uh, was too hard on the, on the, on the PCs. That's the bad. Like you know, when they overest when they overestimate the let's say let's talk about D and D, right? If you're playing D running D and D, you make the the monsters the monsters too tough, and you don't really get give the players uh, or the PCs an out in like really running away or having an escape route. Or if the if the monsters really too tough and the players aren't up to defeating it, and you don't allow or there's no way for or for the characters to escape that. That's, that's just a bad, a bad plan. A bad, bad plan. That's the ba- ugly. I mean, that's the bad. Or the PC sometimes makes dumb maneuvers, right? They plan things and they they stick to the plan. They stick to the plan, even though the plan the plan working. has fallen apart. Yes, the pl- and we need to hightail it out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they don't decide to hightail it out of there, right? So that's that that could happen. That's bad, also, right? You know, because I don't think the the the, the players. So you're well, talking about the oh maybe not you're ta- not talking about but when you said that I thought about the Leroy Jenkins effect right. Yes. So that could be a bad decision, bad decision. right? And the bad decision was to follow him because they're like well because oh. but see as a player as a character player <laughs> or you know you as you <laughs> you want to save the person that ran in so sometimes you make those bad choices to go for it. Right, that's a bad, right? So players make a, a bad decision or they play really, uh, they don't make wise decisions. I'm going to say dumb, but I don't like saying dumb, but they don't make the wise decisions. Like everybody else other than Leroy Jenkins, they shouldn't have gone in there because they, they, they were formulating a plan to defeat this thing because that's how it worked in that game. It was, I think it was wow, wasn't it? And, uh, and then Leroy Jenkins goes in and messes up and they're like, oh, and so they go in haphazard and what happens? They all get slaughtered, right? So, yeah, that's that's a bad. That's the bad. Definitely a bad. Oh, I forgot to say the good. Uh-oh. So the good is like when people, 
when it when it's a good part of the story, right? Uh, I haven't really dealt with this too much. I I don't know where he's going with the good because it's a total party kill. That means everybody dies. So right. I'm not sure how that's good in any way possible as a character player. Okay. Unless you're saving the world, I suppose. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. If the sacrifice for the party saves the world or saves the town or whatever the situation, that is a good part of the story. And that's like, that's where heroes or, what is it? It's not heroes. That's where legends are made, right? First, they're heroes. But when they die saving the earth, the universe, the town, that's when they become legends. When you finish reading that book... And it turned the page, and it says the end. You're like, wow, that was a cool story. That was a cool experience, right? Well, not me. <laughs> I would say they should have come up with a better plan. Uh, but to me, it, it, as long as you have that, if as long as it makes sense and it's a good element to the story, a total party kill could, like, let's say Call Cthulhu, right? Call Cthulhu. You have to sacrifice your party to save the world. I can see yeah, that one. Right. I, well, hmm? anyway, besides Call of Cthulhu, which, you know, Call of Cthulhu. It could happen it in D&D. Matter. So you, you, I can see, like, if you're playing a, a campaign or a game oh, and you give these hints that the only way to do it is to, is, you know, someone, this, all of the things are coming to a, to this pinnacle point where the characters have to make that choice. And right. it's going to be a moral choice, people, whether right. you're going to go, okay, we are going to save the world or, you know, you all go, I'll, I'll push the button. <laughs> that oh, kind yeah, of thing. But, yeah, but that's not a total party kill. I know, but what I'm saying is that would be what the players would be thinking. Well, I agree with you. There's, there's that too. Along, along with total party kill with me is the idea of character death, right? To me, character death, I never wanted that as a, as a, as a player. And because of that, when I ran the games, I w- death was not off the table, but it was really hard for me to kill players as a GM because I, I always equated death with not having fun in playing games. So yeah, it kind of it kind of kind of kills the moment. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you a story though about the and I, I know what he's talking about the character death because when we were playing in one of our games that Saul was running for our local group of people one of the guys told him and I remember hearing this conversation that he was he was thinking about he didn't know where else to take this character so he was thinking about making a new character and so in the back of my mind I had that somewhere in the back of my mind oh yeah, yeah. and we're sitting at the gaming table right and we're in this airship and he and this guy jumps out and the player character the player character well obviously because we well, said not, this guy you'll be you're being attacked too yes yeah, so we were being attacked yes. and he jumps out and he takes a couple of the people with him and he goes to the ground and i just remember my friend kathy and she's all we have to go back and get him he has to be okay and my friend chris going well if he's dead we can re- resurrect him <laughs> i'm like going I and i go and I'm thinking in my brain, I went, my brain went click. There's this guy in the cargo hold that we're, that's being, is a prisoner. And I remember Jason saying he didn't know what else to do with this character. So I'm like, oh, I see what's, I, I put this two and two together, right? In my brain <laughs> the puzzle. where, where the, where two other people at the table are going, what do you mean, Saul? Saul's all, no, 
it's all he's all flattened out at the bottom. You know, there's no way that you're gonna. Well, uh, the funny thing was, funny thing was, is that he had he, he did indeed approach me. But what had happened was the new book came out, and he really wanted to play the the, the cat dude or rabbit. I don't know what they are. It's a cat, right? It's a cat, yeah. And he really wanted to play uh, that that kind of character. And I go, okay. So then he goes, I go, I go. So what do you want to do with your character? And he goes, well, I don't know. What do you think you want to do? I go, I don't know. Let's make it dramatic. He goes, okay. So, yeah, they were on an airship, and they were, like, way high. It wasn't, like, 50 feet. Being attacked by flying creatures, right? right? And one of them had a bomb. Yes, I remember that. And he was was coming aboard, and he was just going to blow up the ship. He was going to sacrifice himself. Jason. Jason. Jason hugs him and jumps off the thing. And, and and hugs his his wings so he can't fly. So they both go down, and not only do they hit the ground, but they explode. Right, right, because then you hear this big explosion underneath the ship, and <laughs> and the the looks on uh, other than the people who realized what was happening, yeah. which were probably everybody, but but everybody but Kathy and Chris, because the boys are going, okay, he sacrificed himself to save us, right? And the, and Kathy's going, yeah, we have to be we have to, to be able to save. Him. <laughs> that, that was that was great. And I was hoping to get that response from everybody at the table, but Jason had told Steve and the boys that he wanted to get rid of his character or want, didn't want to play that character anymore. So they knew something was up, right? And I would rather have him not tell anybody and have that experience, right? Like, but and so, <laughs> but they still tried, right? They still they they still landed the airship because they were because not only was it was it. Kathy, but it was Chris. Yes, and they're like, "Well, we we can find his body." I go, "He exploded." And Chris is going, and we can we can find his body and we can resurrect him. I go, "There's no nothing left of the body. One, you're spread out between like." And they were like so upset about it, both of them. And I was like sitting back, going, "Because I put two and two together, because you know I heard a piece of a conversation and I I got these things." But I can see the that player death can be very traumatic traumatic but it can also be to he was saving the party right right he did so then you can put that into a total party kill where you have to have four people pressing four different buttons right. to be able to right to that do so. yeah that scenario. kind of thing right i hadn't thought about that but exactly that kind of sacrifice and let's say there was somebody really important on that ship other than the player characters like the king of whatever some benevolent king's and so when you do that kind of sacrifice and the game ends and you save this person, that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty neat. I, think I don't know about books. cool, but I can, uh, <laughs> I can understand it because I don't really want to lose my character, especially in a and d game. You invest a lot of time into these things. Well, that, that's me in almost when I was growing up, right? I, was, I remember when my brother killed off one of my characters with a ray of death. God damn it. And back then it was AD&D, save or die, right? It was, uh, and, and you had to make a saving throw, and it was a simple. So I never liked that, so I never had to deal with it. Right. So Exactly. So, But uh, I might have made me a little bit too easy on the players. I don't know. That's what I mean by good in a total party kill, though. We were just talking about one PC dying. Yeah. That's pretty traumatic for one person. But a whole party usually can be very traumatic for everybody but if it's done well and it's makes a good story then i think i think it could be good i think it could, it could be a good ending to a campaign it could be a good ending to a scenario a one shot or whatever but the players have to buy into that whole idea now if if you got four characters four characters 
four players that are absolutely in love with their character. They don't want nothing happening to the character. Their character has a house and they have all their stuff there. Whatever. And they're out uh, adventuring. Yeah. And if they're really attached to it, this idea of a total party kill will probably kill your gaming group. Yes. <laughs> they'll be pissed. And and that's fine. You know, I, I understand that. I, I, I've, I've been there. I've been there playing a game where I don't want my character to die. Uh, unless I do something really stupid like climb into the dragon's mouth. Okay, okay, jump, jump. <laughs> no, I want to punch him in the nose. <laughs> yes, that's stuff. But as long as I'm playing smart and not, as you know, I don't know, risk assessment or all this bull, bull crap, and I'm, and but I don't want my character death to be decided by one die roll or something like that. That would suck. Now, bad decisions, and or I weigh the options and and uh, the was it the odds or. You know, iffy, 50-50. I'm just telling you, with our party of D&D characters that are, what, like 10th or 11th level, oh, yeah, yeah. if Leroy Jenkins goes running into the cave, everybody's going to follow him, and we're probably not going to die. I'm just, that, that's, that's just the that's way that D&D, it usually though. goes, right? That's D&D. You're right. Uh, you, you said the good, the bad. What's the ugly? The ugly is just a vindictive uh, oh, okay. a GM, so like Randy, killing people. And that, uh, I didn't get to, the right, I didn't get to the ugly. That's just the worst part of it. That's when there's a GM that's vindictive and wants, for whatever reason, sometimes they're just jerks and they want to, they know that you're attached to your character and, or the pe- the people, are, the, the party's doing well and they're like, oh, they got too much money. I want to change the campaign. I want to stop playing this game. So they just kill their party. When, in, when they could just say, I'd like to play a different campaign right. now. Everybody roll up new characters or... Right. This is what I want to do. But that comes back to the to the old idea of, of the GMs, early GMs, right? That the adversarial GM, right? That's right. what basically what you're talking about. This guy is he's always been against your party and, and he doesn't like what you did or well, whatever. That kind of thing, right? That's what people think about when they go, Oh, the GM is this is an ugly thing. He's just killed everybody because he's mad at us. Well, that's right. I mean, just because there's a vindictive. I mean, like I've never killed off a party because I ended the campaign. Like, in fact, I've ended two campaigns with no really solid ending. I mean, they finished a big campaign that I had. And then we just them. rolled up new characters and started all over yeah, again. And, yeah. And, well, it happened three times. I think it's, ha- well, it's happened like at least four times with me. I mean, let me see. Uh, the first campaign that I did with the, the boys, the big boys. The second one I did with the big boys. And they all reached 10th level and stopped. 10th level and stopped. And then I started running Steve and, and the bo- little boys, my son and his friends, once. Well, they were still playing Pathfinder, remember? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then you guys did this uh, to save the king. And then I think I started another campaign after that. Yeah, the the giant one. Yeah, the Storm King's Thunder. Yeah. So that's four campaigns. They ended. And Saul doesn't really like to run characters after they hit tenth level. He says it's too hard for him. I yeah, I, it's too hard. The the what is it? The number crunching for me. And in D D, it's really difficult to. I don't know how to say to kill the characters, but to it's really difficult to even put them down. It's also very difficult to kill them. Not that I'm a adversarial GM and want to kill characters, but sometimes I do. Well, it's harder to come up with the scenarios with to make the game fun. The monsters have to be really, really strong. And when you're coming up against really, really strong monsters, there's always a chance you're going to die, right? But right. which makes it fun for the high level characters. But you also have to come up with a plot and and a reason why these high-level characters are running around. Exactly. Which Saul has a hard time with. Right. If I were to, all I got to do is do a little bit of research and see how people run high-level games and how, and I already know that theoretically the idea is that you you can't have one adversary 
against a whole group of people because it has to do with the action economy and all this crap, which well, maybe we should do a podcast on the action economy. But basically, the players have more actions than you as a single, no matter how powerful they are, and will quickly wear down a single opponent. There you go. But I've never ended, ended a, a campaign in a total party kill just to kill the campaign. I just ended the game. But I'm like, okay, you guys can keep your characters, but eh, we're going to start a new campaign. And I don't have no problem with that. Ending a game or having a total party kill, when is it acceptable? For me, I think there's certain games that is totally acceptable. And for a while, there was those games I would never come close to playing. One of them was COC or Call of Cthulhu. I would not play a single Call of Cthulhu game. I remember back, I don't know when it was, we were at KublaCon early when Augustine was still tiny. And I was up really late and they were like, these people were playing Call of Cthulhu and they go, oh, you want to play Call of Cthulhu? I go, sure. So I started playing this game and I think I only played for two or three hours and then uh, nothing bad happened. Everyone was really tired because it was really late. And I think we were solving something. We solved a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Everybody lost a little bit of sanity, and then the game ended because everybody was tired. I go, oh, it's not bad, you know. It was an interesting system. And then, but Morgan and Shannon, another group of friends of mine who, who really loves Call of Cthulhu, they're always pushing the game on me. And so I played a few Call of Cthulhu games, and once I understood that character death is not a big deal, I would had no problem playing those games, and I can understand having a total party kill in that game, in those kind of games because it makes sense. Well, and it's basically a horror game, Call of Cthulhu, because literally you go insane from the horror that you see. <laughs> but I went into playing Call of Cthulhu. Shannon was always telling Sal, you know, it's not like D and D. I know it's not. He like still D&D. tells him that, but yes, the, I know it's not like D and D. Shannon, thank you very much. But I had fun with it because one, Shannon told me the book he. The, the, I, I got a PDF to go through by myself. I forget what it is. It's a single adventure to kind of sh- teach you the rules. Oh, yeah. And it was like a choose-your-own-adventure kind of game, right? Right. Where uh, there was no way. I, w- I was going to die no matter what I did. It was either die quickly or die slowly. So <laughs> so when I started playing the game with him, I, I realized this was what, what I was getting into. But it was kind of interesting to watch Saul go insane in our first game that I played of Call of Cthulhu and because he was insane and he was he thought he wasn't insane though he thought he was doing the he was doing (laughs) everything that he thought was right and I'm like that's not right but I I ended up insane in that game anyway so (laughs) I think I died in that game yes you did you sacrificed yourself to save the world there you go see so I'm doing something right and I I have no problem doing that and I like I said I think but that wasn't a total party kill. That was just a... Me kill? Yeah. Well, you, you were out of it. Who I went insane. I, I just had I to... I think you were the only one that lived. No. I, I might have... No, I don't think so. I think somebody else lived. Oh, no, I don't remember. But it was pro- almost a total party kill. Yeah. Other situations, like maybe a military campaign. We were just talking about Twilight 2000 not too long ago. And how maybe you send this crack team in there. And it's a suicide mission, right? The Dirty Dozen or something like that. Where Gimli, right? He says, uh, no, no, <laughs> forget impossible odds, low, low, low chances chance of success. success. Let's go. Let's go. Right. Exactly. So that could have been, for example, the exact the end of the Lord of the Rings, where they send the last remaining parts of the army or the people they still have fighting men, and they go confront Sauron at the Black Gate, right? And, for, and, and, and Gollum it, doesn't take the ring and jump into the fire. 
then they all die. Well, I mean, they were ready to sacrifice themselves for to give Frodo a little bit of extra time. They didn't know that Frodo had, was was totally insane at the time, but that's okay. <laughs> that doesn't matter about that. But but if if it took a took okay, it took I all of, a little longer to fall into the into the lava, and they could have been slaughtered, right? Well, yeah. But they would have won because Frodo would have killed Sauron or got rid of the ring, right? Okay. I'm just saying it could have happened. It could have went either way. Actually, I have to tell you, Frodo wouldn't have got rid of the ring. It was Gollum. I said Gollum. If Gollum would have taken a little bit longer to fall uh, the lava, instead of you know dancing. So, when when Saul gave me this topic, I did some research on it, and uh, it was hilarious because I went on to Reddit and I that's and, a dangerous place, Reddit. And I was like, <laughs> I'm all okay. I, I put in what when is a good time to do a total party kill, <laughs> and the answers were just totally hilarious to me. The biggest answer was because the players player characters do stupid things and sooner or later they're going to get themselves killed because they keep doing stupid things which i'm like so then Saul and i had this discussion well one we don't usually use the word stupid but it was literally that's what they said so stupid player behavior and i'm like going i don't understand um (laughs) how Unless, you know, there's the Leroy Jenkins thing. Yeah, I get that. It would have to be really, yeah. But then I've also been in, in campaigns where one person at the table doesn't want to do anything until we've hashed it out till it's dead on the floor. And then he just wants to turn around and walk away because he doesn't want to die. <laughs> so there's, you know, extremes, right? But stupid player behavior doesn't make sense to me. Like, so the character's... I don't know what they like. They make all the wrong choices, maybe. Yeah. Right. They all go, you know. There's there's ways to go, and they choose their own way. Walking into the. I, I honestly, you're right. We had this discussion, and I honestly, I've never come across dumb players or players or players doing really stupid things. Now, for the most part. Now, the only time I can, I and I don't know who it was, and I can't know. I don't remember, even remember what game it was. I can't even tell you when it was, but I remember somebody playing really chaotically, right, and kind of upsetting the rest of the players. And I don't remember what game it was, but I think it's because they were bored and they didn't want to play anymore. And I think that's what it was. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I was running the game. I might not have been running the game. I might have been a player. Was, I honestly don't, don't think I was running the game. So I was playing the game, and I, and the only thing that got, came to me was, why is this guy acting this way? Why is he playing this way? And I and I thought, oh, and I could see, and I just the body language to me. I go, this guy's just bored. So at the break, I don't know if he came back or not, but it was weird because I don't remember. I just remember that's the impression I got from this guy is that he was doing. This is not the game I want to be in. I don't even know. I he was just he was just bored or upset or something, and it had nothing to do with the game. It had nothing to do with everybody else at the table. It was just that person. And it was a guy. I remember it was a dude, and he was just just like he was just being a pest. And then I'm like, and I I just was thinking, why? I didn't say nothing to the guy. I was just like, what what is what is going on here? Because I just I always try to. I'm a little bit more curious. I'm like, well, why do people do the things they do? And I'm like, I'm not, and and in, in the game, I asked him as a character, I go, hey, why are you doing this? You know, like he was stealing from the characters and stuff. And I'm like, hey, you know, we're gonna find out that you did it as a as a player. I told him, we know, and some people are not gonna like that. You go, I'll take my chances. 
okay. And that's all I said to him. And I'm like, okay. And the way he talked to said that, I'm like, oh, this guy don't give a crap. So I think he was bored or whatever it was. And that's the only time I've ever seen somebody do dumb things in the game. But I have never come across a whole party of people that did dumb things. Uh, the only thing I could come up with is like, you know, some people play their character. They really get into the actual role playing of this is my character. My character has a limp. So as they're playing there, you can literally see that they're putting all their time and energy into playing the character the way that it's written. Right. Or the way that they, they see it. As. In their head, yeah. And sometimes characters, sometimes the character isn't metagaming, right? They're, or they are metagaming. Oh, my character would do this. Right. And if every, I, I could see that, you know, if they have a really low intelligence or wisdom, then they might oh, make bad choices. Yes, yes. I've, I've seen people do that, not make the best choice. Yeah. Or suboptimal choice or just the wrong choice. And people go, why are you doing that? You go, well, my intelligence is uh, 10 or 8. It's or my nine. dump stat. Yeah. <laughs> and they role play that, right? Right. Or they just rolled it. It wasn't a dumb stat. And I can see that happening. I can see that happening. I can see that happening. Actually, someone who put it as a dumb stat wouldn't do that. Yeah, right. That would be a mini-maxer. Because a mini-maxer wouldn't. Yeah. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. My input. My wisdom is eight. Yeah. Yeah. But he's still trying to crack the computer code. Yes. So, I don't know about total party kills, but if your players are being making the wrong choices and... I guess that I don't know if that would make you an ugly GM if you killed them all, <laughs> or if that would make you just a the bad because the players are making the wrong choices. Right. I think in the end you're right. I think our idea is TPKs are not terrible if they happen, but there has to be several good reasons for them to happen. I think I wrote down three things. One, all players should know that TPKs are on the table, as Shannon says, right. <laughs> Now, Shannon is always saying, death is on the table, guys. And that means... that's that, He says that, I believe, specifically for Saul, so that, <laughs> so that Saul won't get upset if he dies. I don't know why he gets that idea, but I'm not going to get upset if I die. But having the, the table, the players know that if they make bad decisions, the DM is not going to bend over backwards. Or, and also, like, like the rules aren't going to be fudged. Right. Right. Correct. No, you, it doesn't matter if you roll really good, but if the other guys roll and you're going to take 82 damage and you only have 13 points of, of hit points or whatever you want to call them, right. then you're going to die. Right. And he just wants you to know that. Right. That and might not be a total party kill, but it could be. Correct. Next, shouldn't happen to punish the players. The GM thinks it would be funny. Or is mad. That's a terrible reason to have total party kill. So if that ever happens to you, you might want to find a different GM. <laughs> or you take up the GM and let that, that person play for a while so he can calm down. And then uh, three makes sense in the story that you are telling. Yeah, because you don't want to be just walking into a room and, oh, you're all dead. Right. We were listening to one time we were at a, com- a Comic-Con. And Luke Gygax was running the... Chamber of Horrors, I think it was. Tomb was of it? Horrors. Tomb of Horrors. Tomb of Horrors. And it was hilarious because all the players knew that there was little chance of success. And half the party died inside because they got stuck behind a... A, a trap. A trap wall came down and there, there was no way for them to get out. Right. So they were just going to die. Right. So that isn't necessarily a... I mean, that's an old style, right? <laughs> yes, yes. 
It was a two by four. I think it was like a pers- I think it was a personal challenge by Gary Gygax to uh, he took it as a personal challenge that to make a very killer dungeon, right? And people had to figure things out to get through the two by fours. You had to be really smart, really logical. There's all kinds of puzzles in that. In that, and scenario. I think he also meant made it so you would probably play it more than once because there are, are traps in there you know you step on the wrong thing oh yeah that's it you do the wrong so then, thing you know the party's gonna try it again <laughs> right because right? that the goal is to get through it but that just means that you you might um have to try it several well times. he made it as a tournament adventure for yes, D for yeah. camp for yeah. origins or something like that or gen con i forget what it was and early. that could be where the whole idea of the total party kill comes from right because you correct you, <laughs> it was early it was stuff that did happen yeah early original D&D when you rolled you know you roll a six side dice for your hit points and if you roll a one that's what you have yeah and you get hit by a dagger or arrow boom you're dead okay there was no negatives there's no nothing you hit zero you're dead <laughs> and at first level or second level third level you don't have enough money that's for why the sorcerer stands behind the wall when they're at first level there was no <laughs> but yeah there, i think 2pks can be okay and actually can be done really well but for the most part i think i think shannon is right that you should make sure that the players know death is on the table right because that's the hardest part about a total party kill is you want to make sure that all the players aren't going to like stand up and you know i hate you and i'm never playing with you again (laughs) right that kind of thing unless you know you really don't want to play with those people again right (laughs) okay there you go (laughs) so these are just some of the ideas about total party kills so yeah, I thought we should do an episode on it because we talked, we danced around this pro, this uh, subject a little bit. We talked about it, but I thought we could devote a whole episode to it. I think it does deserve some thought as far as in your game. Well, it might give you insight into what happened years ago to you. Oh, right. that's why we all died. <laughs> well, just <laughs> six months ago, <laughs> or yesterday. I don't know. So this is gaming perspectives with Saul Angeline. You have a good day. <laughs>